The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. Confusion in her eyes that says it all. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. And I might as well say this now, Sue Cook has pulled out. <laughs> and move and fire, and move and fire. <laughs> I am the man of 1,000 intros, John Mack. And I'm joined as ever by a man who won the Intercontinental Belt in Rio de Janeiro. A man who has me working my fingers to the bone. The real taskmaster, me, Mark Crowther. <laughs> All right, mate. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Full of the joys of spring, as always, you know me. <laughs> Are you ready for some more WCW action? Of course I am. I've been ready all week, raring to go. Lovely. Been a good week. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. Nice win Busy for the boys weekend. on Sunday as well. Yeah, hard fought. Even flipping oh. microwave Barry was uh, half decent. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, uh, even, a, even a broken clock's right twice a day, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, so bit of a decent weekend. I've had a, I've had a couple of days off, so obviously the the intro gets written as always. Yeah, you, you always become prepared when you've had days off, don't you? I do, and I've had a nice little day on FIFA and watched some Nitro. It was uh, it was glorious, I say. Lovely, lovely stuff. However, however, there's some things in this world that aren't glorious, <laughs> so we have to take it once again. The trip. Down the idiot paved, moron strewn, yellow brick road to Cretinville. It's Cretin of the Week, boys. Woo. Have you got one for me? Have you got one? Have you got one? Have you got several? Yeah. Have you got twelve? Who knows? Just, just the one this week. It's been quite. There's been a few, a few things that we'll we'll talk about when you when you bring up yours. I think, but this one was just from this this thing I saw on Twitter was or. I think it. I think it was Twitter actually from a man who is about as respected as you can get in professional wrestling. Tony Khan. Terms... <laughs> yeah, from Tony Khan. No, uh, it comes from um, old JR's barbecue, Jim Ross, and he's come out not with a statement. Not, not JR himself, just his actual barbecue. No, no, that's what, he, that's what he's called on Twitter, isn't he? JR's barbecue. <laughs> oh, he is as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he, he's put he's put out a tweet. He must have been watching night, uh, Dynamite at the time, and he's he said uh, one of the most outrageous statements I think he's ever come out with, considering who it's who it, he was referring to. So he's on about Moxley. I know he's the king king of the company. He's the top guy, top babyface in a, in AW, and a part now, of it, yeah. a part of it may be that he's just trying to put his world champion over, but possibly. He's come out with a tweet saying, "I love Moxley's game. He's at he, he's Mo, he's Austin esque, um, <laughs> which is um, quite frankly blasphemous from from a man who <laughs> a man who is who's seen Stone Cold Steve Austin in the the ultimate the most over thing potentially in the history of pro wrestling. You know, he was there with his own eyes watching every second of it." And to put John Moxley, who I, I don't mind John Moxley, I'm not, I don't hate him, I don't always like the stuff he does, but 
he's not even in the same same stratosphere as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin esque. That is just like it's I, I do I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be uh JR picking the phone up to Stone Cold Steve Austin later that week if he saw that tweet. Because Stone Cold's not a massive fan of Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, after that uh, crappy podcast they did together. Oh no, he's not. Yeah, shit, you're <laughs> right. So um, just imagine Austin sure. ringing him's going, what? What? <laughs> I just think I just thought it was just like it's just an outrageous statement. It really is. I think I think my my favorite reply to it was just disrespectful. <laughs> that was yeah. it. It is. It's massively disrespectful. It is. It is massively disrespectful. He's not even he's not even on the same level as a guy who's on his same show in his fifties now. And Jericho, do you know what I mean? When Jericho was in his pomp, he's not even on that level. Never mind. The great, potentially the greatest superstar of the nineties, early two thousands, whatever. Um, I just thought it was just a crazy statement. If it was from anyone else on AEW, it would have been like, oh, fair enough, they're just doing it. But it's like Jr., like the man who's like close friends with Austin for all of his like neck injuries and stuff like that. I just thought it was just, I just didn't expect it. It just took me by surprise seeing that on Twitter. It took me by surprise. I couldn't believe it. Just. Moronic statement. There was just no need for it. It's just one of them things that you can put your world champion over without yeah. making utter bollocks statements. Yeah. There was no need to even put Austin in in that tweet. Do you know what I mean? What was the point? Yeah, and uh, literally does no one any favors. Not because everyone knows Moxley's not on that level. <laughs> not even close. Not even close. No, we're not, not even in the same stratosphere. And uh, it's crazy. Uh, so that's mine. I just think it was just like. So uncharacteristic of someone like JR, who's normally quite straight, a bit of a straight shooter. I don't know if he's just, I don't know if he's been told to do that. I'd probably, he probably hasn't. I think he's in control of all his Twitter accounts and stuff like that. But I don't know what he's on about. He's probably just trying to get more commentary gigs because they seem to be getting rid of him at the minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, I think, I think, I don't know. Can he, can he be asked? He doesn't seem like he can be asked. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's just because he's just so old. He just doesn't have the frame of reference anymore. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on half the time in the ring, does he? So he can't keep up with it. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. This is why I don't get why Rick Bonnie's not like the main player by a play guy. It's like, um, it's like he's only hired people that he used to watch when he was a kid. Yeah. It was like, but he's sort of zoning him out a bit, isn't he? Like, Shivani doesn't commentate as much these days. and He's fucking that's horse shit, that's why. He's terrible. Uh, JR... He's terrible in 96. Yeah, true. <laughs> JR was legendary in his time, but he hasn't been for quite some time. And Excalibur's just this little bum boy, isn't he? Loves him. Weird, weird appointment, Excalibur. Really, really weird. However... Have you got some for us? I saw something fucking abysmal. Have you ever heard of H2O Wrestling? Can't say I have, to be honest. What a way to have a good time. (laughs) Now, they had a Halloween show last night. This is the 1st of November we are recording, so it was last night. Are you aware of a guy called Colby Carino? Again, no idea. No. No So he's the son of Steve Carino, who was like a big Ring of Honor guy back in the day. Oh, right, right, yeah. he's, He's an indie guy. But his son is a wrestler, and he was, last time I saw him, he was getting, you know, battered on, on Ring of Honor telly. Uh, oh. He was like the, like, Joe and the other in Japan, they have them, like, young boy things, and, like, they're just there to just do jobs and get 
hazed yeah. and shit. It's a bit like that. Anyway, so this H2O Halloween, he was like the masked, you know, special guest, like right. surprise guy. And he gets put for a flaming table, but it's not a gimmick table. It's like a hard wood table. MDF. Proper <laughs> MDF, yeah. I did have wood. <laughs> uh, and this guy called Tripping Balls, is this wrestling on Twitter? Uh, the answer to that, mate, is no, it's not. Um, shows this video, and he's taking this bump through this flaming table, and it just doesn't fucking give this table. And the guy's just like just on the floor, fire. burning alive on the floor. And underneath his little burn Colby burn tweet that he's put out, he's just put a fire spot where the fire actually stays lit on the table, and it, like that heart eye face emoji yeah. thing. I'm like, you absolute fucking cretin. So I thought, I'm going to have to have a look deeper into this. <laughs> and I saw a video of seven people in two rings with cage round it, with ladders in, and literally they've all paired off and they're just hitting each other over the head with them fluorescent light tubes. Not like not selling it, just fucking whacking each other like the, you know, yeah. uh, gladiators or something. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> what, just breaking awful. them every time. Just, just smashing them. Some of them not even breaking, just like dumping them on each other's heads. And I'm just like, you're not even selling it. You're just going, all right, guys. <laughs> and some knobhead has put underneath it, that match was fucking awesome. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't, was it, though? It wasn't. It wasn't even a match. It was just like fucking seven penises just hitting each other with shit. It was fucking... Oh, God. Wrestling is an odd, odd thing these days. It really is. And I just, I just couldn't believe. It. Well, I could believe it, but then I just thought, "Fuck's sake!" But that's that's not my main event. My main event is what our good friend, us? is our good friend, the sports entertainer, the living legend, Larry. No, uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh God! So I, this might not be new, but it's news to me. Right. I didn't know he had a, a website called webisjericho.com. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've learned that this week. It's a fucking dirt sheet, yeah. and he's and he's and he's literally exposing his company's business on it. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> the, quite a conflict fuck? of interest. What the fuck is going on here? I've got one here, and it's like headline: newly reported information suggests CM Punk will soon be departing AEW, so he's going. Basically, how the hell is he allowed to do that? What is going on there? And then you've got how much MJF is now earning in AEW has been reported. Fucking what business is it, you know what I mean? uh, <laughs> Is he spending crazy. that much time in Meltzer's back pocket? That is like, well, I've, I've, I've cornered wrestling. You've not. I've cornered rock music. You've really not. Now I'm going to corner the dirt sheets. <laughs> mm, he might do. Cre- might do unbelievably ever cretinous, and I don't know who's more cretinous. Whenever, whenever you see Jericho on the cretin sort of bus, yeah, Tony Khan's hand in hand with him because who's more cretinous, He's Jericho do for it. doing it, or yeah, exactly, or Khan for letting him do this bullshit and making his company look absolutely ridiculous. It's like fucking, it's like if Roman Reigns has got a fucking Webby's Reigns and he's going, oh yeah. Um, Drew McIntyre is uh, reportedly getting binned off. I've heard. Just it's so small. Nothing. It's so small time, though, isn't it? It's so oh, God, small. Absolutely. Time. And this is this is why they will never compete. They're never going properly. anywhere with that with that gimp in, in in on you know top of the card. It's They're always not... 
to me, it's always been a bit. He's tried to run before he could fucking walk, Tony Khan. And mm. with all this, like, let's have eight shows and fucking let's have a, a roster of fucking 1,600 people or whatever. And all this shit, right? He gets carried away. Mm. And it's like, because he's a, because he's a, you know, observer reader since he was a kid, he, I don't think he'll see a problem with this. But then he whinges when legitimate journalists ask him the tough questions because he's not used to being asked that because he's used to being rimmed to fuck by all these like little wrestling, you know, website games. Yeah. Yeah. Jericho, Jericho, I mean, Jericho, the stuff that he was saying, well, the reports that were coming out that he called punk a a cancer to the locker room. I mean, if that's not pot calling the kettle black, I've I've never fucking seen it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we're talking about a guy who's who's in his fifties in his mid, in his mid to late mid fifties. Now I think he is looks like shit. Hair's all over the place. Body's crap. He looks like he's had those fake abs put in. Oh, without a pigeon, doubt, yeah. Pigeon chest. Pigeon. And he's chest. he's on top of the card every week. He's he, he he's never been away for three years. The guy's an absolute no. freak. Every time he's every time he's been in a program, nobody's come off the back of it better. He he absolutely derailed MJF for about a year. And he's and the, only, the only reason MJF is back to where he was because of who he because of the talent he is. If it was anyone with less talent, they'd have been down at the bottom of the card now. And do you know what's another thing that I don't get about Jericho? How he's regressed so much. Hmm. The best thing about Jericho was you never got bored of him because he used to fuck off for 12, 18 months. Yeah, yeah. And then repackage himself and come back. The cunt repackages himself every week now. Yeah. Is that do you know what I mean? You don't get any. You've got to be the David Bowie and all this. It's like, just piss off for six months and we might be fucking happy to see you again. Probably won't yeah, but he, be, but... Even Bowie re- reinvented himself after every album cycle. Do you know what I mean? It was it was a 12-month cycle. Around, yeah. It wasn't every fucking week. And Jericho never got old for me in the WWE because he'd, he'd be there for two, three years and then he'd go away. Yeah. And he'd come back different. Yeah. And, you, you know, he's more like, now he's more like the fucking Madonna. Yeah, just piss off. You've you've yeah, done your bit. Nobody wants now. to see you. you. You're in your fifties. You're haggard. Your music's turd. I mean, <laughs> it work. It works with Jericho works as well. Bad. That. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell. If, you want, if he really wants to be, if he really wants to be David Bowie, right? What he needs to do is do something really, rev- like really revolutionary and decent the week before he dies. <laughs> Because Bowie's last album came out like a week, a couple of days before he died, and it was magnificent. Yeah, I don't think Fozzie are going to be whipping out any good tunes. Like to be fair, they've never, <laughs> they've never whipped out a good tune. They've only whipped fucking other people's cocks out so they can fillet them to get further in the fucking business. You're telling me that dog shit music that he makes, if he wasn't Chris Jericho the wrestler, they would uh, they'd be fucking playing in pubs. Fuck yeah, they they're awful. They're awful. In fact, actually, maybe not because they had the guitarist from Stuck Mojo, and they were signed. They weren't signed to anything big. They were signed. Yeah, to but like they've Century got big because of Jericho as the front man, haven't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, of the course, money... they, might, they might have got a deal because the guy out of Stuck Mojo. Someone might have gone, "Oh, well, he's been Stuck Mojo. We'll, we'll, we'll sign them up." But Jericho, the only reason that they've done anything is because of Jericho's name. Literally, have you, ever, have you ever seen him performing on stage? He looks like a like a, a dad who's doing karaoke. Doing like like old eighties rock tunes. That's what he is, though, it's, isn't it? He's proper cringy. 
and he's got like the you know the the flared like jackets on. He looks awful, man. He really does. It's like that. It's like he loves that like hair metal, doesn't he, and stuff like that and shit like that. He's proper proper parody. That guy he really is. Hair metal is the worst form of metal. <laughs> no, but Jericho absolutely loves it for some reason. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, just sick. Yeah. I'm sick to death of Jericho. Really, I'm. I know. I mean, too. And that, that thing to that comment to Punk, just do one. It's got nothing to do with you, you fucking penis. He's, he was whinging at him years ago, wasn't he? Because he's not texted him or fucking something when he left. And Punk said so, so, something about, so well, uh, why would I respond to someone who just who's only trying to get hold of me so I could go on the podcast or something? Which yeah. is fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Jericho is one of them who like lets things fester and then is a cunt down the line. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm not even going to suggest him really as as the actual credit of the week because this is just this is just Chris Jericho 2022 an absolute fucking moron all round, no holds barred dipshit, isn't he? I think yeah. I think it's got it's got to be JR, hasn't it? Because it's out of character. It's yeah, it's completely out of character, and I was I was just like, what? Like a proper credit statement from a pretty legendary fella. Hopefully, it's not the start of a of a, a downward spiral for JR. <laughs> I hope not, because I don't want I don't have to box him in the Hall of Fame with Meltzer, Khan, Jericho, Russo, Gilberti, the usual suspects. I don't I don't want to be doing that because I, I do enjoy JR. Like when we we did our little uh, bonus. Oh, he was superb on that commentary, wasn't he? He was superb, and it's just like the, the just the juxtaposition between ninety six and twenty twenty two is like it's like night and day. Shocking. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a legend, but um very unlegendary statement that he came out with. So yeah, he's uh, he's the credit of the week, but um on to something a bit more a bit more fun. Yeah, there's uh there's sadly it'll have to be nitro because there's no we watch this week because um oh Ricky Flair he's had a quiet one. Has he? I thought he'd been, I <laughs> as thought he as he fuck, as he fuck <laughs> this fucker. Oh no chance. It's another edition of We Watch. Woo! So he's kicked off the week in the gym <laughs> with some guy at Hard Knocks South, whoever that may be. That might be a gym, that might be a person. No idea. No and it's him flexing his little muscle. And it just says, <laughs> Never say never. Oh, fuck off. Oh, really? God. Genuinely, do fuck off. <laughs> Ric Flair's last match that didn't last long, did it? Jesus. So this is, this is a common theme with uh, Mr. Richard. Flair, he he'll never say never. No matter how many last matches he has, no matter how much fanfare he garners at his last match, no matter how much he cries and gets a standing ovation, no matter how many gig marks he has on his fod, you know, <laughs> it'll never say never. So that's how he kicked off his week. Yeah. Then, then he's gone to Toronto, Canada, what's and he what's he doing in Toronto, Canada? He's only had a video taken of himself. Doing his lame granddad dancing with a big dinosaur mascot. <laughs> there is nothing on this fucking planet he will not advertise. There is no photo opportunity he will say no to. There is no anything he'll say no to. He just he will take any form of attention he can get, unless it's an expose on dark side of the ring, because I didn't want to be associated <laughs> with that. <laughs> And he's in that tie-dyed pink fucking, literally looks like a, do you know, like when you've cut your head open, like Terry, it looks like Terry Butcher 
1989 Terry Butcher, what it is, when he cut his head open, he had one of them bandages wrapped around his head. It looks <laughs> like someone's taken that off and then sort of pressed it all over a jacket. It's fucking horrendous. <laughs> and he stood there with a dinosaur, and he's loving it. He's absolutely <laughs> loving it. And it just says, strutting into the weekend. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know where... He, he, I say he must have some serious free crew flyer miles. This motherfucker is everywhere. Everywhere, isn't he? he? Everywhere. Is it or is it like is it like that that slash thing on South Park where they say, Oh, slash is like Santa, like he's everywhere. There's about a million slashes. Yeah, and he just, just, like, just pops up everywhere. Do you reckon do you reckon it's that guy who got beat up last week pretending to be Flair in twenty twenty two? Yeah, yeah, he's still got him on the payroll. That's his stunt double. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. But we're not over. It's not over. It's not a video this week. But it is a picture. It's a new tweet. And he's pulling a face like he's Bob Monk's everywhere. And it says, this is my woo face. <laughs> and he's holding a box of, you guessed it, everyone's favourite granddad boner pills, Monk Everest. That's my woo face. That is my woo face. That is it's, it's, that's it's, fucking it's, horrifying. It's, that his children are on Twitter. <laughs> and yeah, but he also retweets their asses getting squeezed. This is this is very true. But you want to bet that he woos when he comes, guaranteed, guaranteed, hundred percent. And he'll he'll say something like, "Oh, I'm a vagina riding, fucking." Styling, profiling, ejaculation <laughs> station or something. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck me. Woo! <laughs> and then the, this three-in-one product formulated by New Image Medical called always makes me woo. <laughs> always makes me woo. I can't, I can't handle it anymore, man. <laughs> every week, every week I go on this fucker's Twitter page, and I and I'm not. Else. Yeah, it's not like I'm going. Oh fucking hell, is is, is he all right, Rick? Because I've I've not seen him pop up for a couple of every fucking day this summer. Every day, <laughs> the summer, and it's and it's it's either a picture of him from thirty years ago with some sort of you know aspirational sort of quote. Next to it, or it's or it's him advertising or shilling some utter dog shit product. With there's no shame to the man. There's no, no dignity left. Nothing he won't do. It's it's appalling. I mean, it's he's just, it's a, he's poor. just a constant stream of content, isn't he? <laughs> that's only because he's had his month Evis. That's why he's a constant stream, mate. <laughs> he's always wooing. <laughs> On his uh, seventh wife or whatever it is now. Speaking of which, <laughs> I seen a picture of her. He put a picture of her up at some sort of convention, and she's in cowboy boots, and it's like she's advertising like tropical cocktails. And he's saying Wendy stole the show at Nobed Con or whatever it is, and she looks like a melting waxwork of Colonel Gaddafi. <laughs> <laughs> she looks a bit rough, doesn't she? <laughs> They've, they've, they've definitely both had work done and it's gone oh, God, proper yeah. wrong. They've gone to like the backstreet guy in Bulgaria because you get it a little bit cheaper. <laughs> well, he's had a lot of divorces to pay for, and he? so he's got to save some money somewhere. That's why all these adverts are getting pumped out. <laughs> Fuck me. So obviously, this juggernaut keeps rolling on. The Weed World Woo Tour may be back next week. 
but we're, we've not seen anything uh, weed-worthy lately. It's just shilling, dinosaur dancing, and <laughs> him trying to put over that he's not done wrestling yet. Fucking please hell. Stop, Rick. Please stop. <laughs> yeah, please stop. And that's all we're going to see from Rick this week because he isn't on Nitro. Speaking of which, we are the 14th of October, Monday Nitro, Memphis, Tennessee. So we're live from Jeff Jarrett's hometown, is it? Am I right in thinking that? You certainly uh, are, right? Home of old Jerry the Pedo Lawler. Uh, <laughs> hey, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. We have to say allegedly. that. Never convicted. Allegedly. allegedly. Was found with a, what was it, 14-year-old girl in his room, though, so it's about as controversial. comment. Possibly comment. I'm still reeling from my uh, joke last week about Savage... So, <laughs> um, so we're live. Two on the... the trot for you, though. There's two on the trot. You dropped an absolute despicable Shawn Michaels with Spit Bob. No one's listening, are they? <laughs> hey, nearly at 300 now, bud. <laughs> so we're live from Mid South Coliseum. Am I... Is that right? Yeah, I think that was what they said. Um, yeah, that is that is the the Holy Grail yeah. sort of building of the Memphis Territory. Yeah. Tony's in a lovely turtleneck and jacket combo. Looks like he's just going to the tennis club or something like that. He looks looks really he good. Does. And then Larry's in one of his shit shirts, sort of ruined. Sunburst. Sunburst yeah. shit shirt. <laughs> and they're on about Savage turning into an emotional he said no. Larry says that Savage turns into an emotional vegetable according to because of the Liz situation. And then they show a bit of a recap of Hogan last week against Savage. So the beat down, the quite good beat down that we mentioned in, um, at times. Any thoughts on that opening uh, opening salvo? Yeah, he says it's the WCW title is the Holy Grail, and it's up to Savage to regain it. And then he says Savage's hair, though, fucking hell, phone in sick lad. You've got absolutely mullered last week. Just have a day off, <laughs> and we know. see some NWO placards in the crowd again. Yeah, getting more and more popular, aren't they, in the crowds? But we start off hot, mate, with an absolute, well, on paper, could be a corker. Yeah. It's all the man of a thousand holds, Dean Malenko, 
and Mr. Cousin Fucker, Mr. America, Brad Armstrong. <laughs> Mr. Cousin Fucker. <laughs> Uh, Dean Armstrong, uh, Tony says. He can't quite get his words out. I don't know if you heard yeah, that. He does. He does. <laughs> I just thought to myself, this could be a lovely lovely little match. Dean's still got the, the mask in his hand, so he's still got that obsession, um, which is a nice yeah. little continuing storyline. And they had a match apparently on the Saturday night show as well, uh, where Brad won by a very bit of a controversial roll-up. Didn't really see the sort of full angles of it or anything like that but they, they mentioned it was quite controversial and Dean wasn't wasn't particularly happy with it so I guess that's why they're having the, the return match well, here Brad had his shoulder up and Dean had both his down so uh, yeah, dull one on the old uh, Iceman yeah. so they have, um, they, have a, they have the rematch do you want, first, do you want to go first, through it? yeah, first of all Brad Armstrong, the 80s aficionado rocks <laughs> up essentially screaming you got a pretty mouth boy He's like hair, the jacket, the music. It's fucking. I like it's, his. It's I like his music so, for some reason. Oh my god, it's so yeehaw. It's untrue. <laughs> he does get. He does get a pop though. Keep him oh, yeah. It does. Don't get me wrong. It sounds like I'm ripping on Brad. I fucking love a bit of Brad Armstrong. That yeah, mullet alone just is obscene. He looks dirty though, doesn't he? He does. He genuinely looks deliverance as fuck. <laughs> so there's a lock up. And straight in with an eight point one on the steamboat by Dino. Loved it. Loved it. Anything above eight? Oh, it's anything above seven, so you know he's well above that. You know, well above. You know, he's he's in he's in Omega territory now with him. <laughs> I'm gonna have to break the scale one day, probably. <laughs> Hammerlock reversals. Dropped so old and some top-notch mat work. There's reversals and Brad ends up with Dean's arm. Patrick's selling his neck to death again. Love it. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Proper overdoing it, isn't he? Oh, God, yeah. He's fucking... He's he's, he's selling like Cornette. <laughs> he's an absolute legend, his old... Uh, <laughs> he's fucking great. I love him. He's one of my favourite parts of the show. There's NWO chance and a waist lock by Dean and Brad gets the arm again. There's a phenomenal athletic reversal by Dean where he sort of like kip ups and you know does all this mad shit yeah. and he grabs a headlock to shoot off, drop down, leapfrog, classic hip toss stalemate, and Dean shoulders to the gut and gets the edge. So Dean's the first one to break away from traditional wrestling and get a bit nasty, which yeah. which I like that little story because Dean's you know the heel obviously. Yeah. Then old Bradley only goes and pulls out an eight point eight on the steamboat. Yeah, that was corking that. Absolutely and then, cool. just to finish me off, he uh, follows it up with that absolute world-class drop kick. Yeah, that was that was absolutely poetry in motion. That wasn't it. It was filth. Yeah, and that gets a big pop. And then there was an absolute brilliant spot where uh, they get into a Greco-Roman knuckle lock, and Dean just drop kicks him while still holding his hand. It yeah. looked mint. So back elbow for one, and he ties Brad up, stretching both arms in a modified bow and arrow kind of thing. There's a knee drop, a back suplex, a stiff lariat, big boot by Brad, up top for a corking missile drop kick. Beautiful. Stunning. Stunning. Better than, better than Jericho's of a week. It was great, and he gets <laughs> two on that. Sunset flip reversal, and Brad gets two. A lovely counter side Russian leg sweep by Brad. Don't see many of them side Russian leg sweeps anymore. Enjoy no, that. I never see them. You, well, if you're watching Brett, you know, it's a staple of, of uh, Mr. Hart. Yeah, well, I mean, nowadays, some of no, no, you don't. see all the time, you never see a Russian leg sweep anymore. You don't see a good drop kick anymore. No. 
the knee lift, back suplex for two. Malenko's tenacious as fuck, man. He just he's just like a little terrier. Yeah. He blocks Brad's vertical, he knees him and gets him up, but for his own vertical, but Brad counters it. Dean sweeps the legs and forwards him in some absolute wacky pin and gets three. Mental that, is, that pin, wasn't it? Love the finish because it's like Dean's that kind of guy. Like he doesn't have to hit some big moves to finish you off. He can just like completely Tie you up nullify. like a pretzel. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was superb, superb opener. Yeah, I did as well. I thought it was good, and it wasn't one of those where it was like it wasn't necessarily a fully cold match because there was a little bit, of, little bit of story to it that they showed beforehand. Where it's like, oh, Brad got yeah. the surprise win. So let's have the rematch. I thought it was good. You know, you're always going to get quality out of Dean Malenko matches, aren't you? No matter who he's in with. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And Brad Armstrong think... near enough the same. Yeah, I I can honestly I can't say we've had a bad Dean Malenko match. No, no, there hasn't genuinely. Not even you know, not even you just a quick five minute jobbies. There's always something in there. There's always quality in there. He's just con- Mr. Consistent. Him and Arn Anderson. They're about as consistent as you can get on the show. Yeah, yeah, and maybe um, Ray. Yeah, but obviously you don't get the, the the probo from Dean like you do with Arn. But just in ring, he's just there's not many that can touch him on this show. I don't. Do you know what? I don't think Dean needs to cut a promo. No, I think he's just got that. Like at the end where he's, he looks in the camera and he holds up the mask and he says, "You're next two weeks." He just means that was enough business. on it. That was enough for me. I was yeah. like, right, here we go. I can't wait for that match. But I loved this. It was. It was just. It was a really nice little story going through. It's like Brad obviously looked great, but Dean was just so tenacious, and he's just that step ahead tactically. Yeah. It's. It's a. It's a. It was just a nice little heel babyface thing. It's like Brad like wanted to keep it technical wrestling, and Dean was like, no, and I'm he gonna took take it that it to... step yeah. further. Yeah. yeah I thought was it was great. Really nice opener, wasn't it? Really good. So that was a. a, a belting way to start the show off then we go backstage and the limousines turning up this time it is the nwo it's not jarrett faking us out this time <laughs> it's um nwo all turning up there hogan nash hall everyone's there giant uh high fives galore they're oh they're like camera. mates at a school reunion don't they yeah <laughs> they're just loving lame. it but then we got went from a, a really good match to something that is possibly on paper one of the worst matchups you could possibly <laughs> wish for. Yeah, uh, for us anyway. Yeah. Well, they recap they recap the match they had on Saturday first, and I'm like, fuck's sake, we get this shit again. I believe they booked it twice in two weeks. Sullivan's so clearly phoning it in at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's he's had enough. So it's M Wall Street, the master of the chin lock, versus fucking dipshit Duggan. Just two absolute shit houses. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Did you see the hot fucked finish that they had on Saturday night show? So we must have the rematch. So just just for context, Duggan clocks old Popper Fiend with uh <laughs> and he with his hand and he bumps into Patrick and then out comes the tape. Duggan pins but gets DQ'd and then they think, I'll tell you what, I'll give this to the poor twats on Monday night. <laughs> oh, it's it's just atrocious. Duggan's doing all his usual sort of shtick and the, the USA and all that crap. They're both from both America. American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. We saw one of the slowest clotheslines of all time by Wall Street in this match. I've never seen anything quite like that. I don't think that would knock a baby out. Never mind a big six, you know, a big 300 pound man like Jim Duggan. 
so slow, so poor. And the chin locks were back in full flow. I think there was two chin locks in this very short match. Well, what we should have done, we should have got a beer and played <laughs> drink every time he does a chin lock game. <laughs> I think one of the chin, one of the chin locks. You just feel like you're losing the will to live when you watch him in locking these fucking non-existent, no power, no struggle chin locks. That's fucking awful. It's so boring to watch. Yeah, really. They are is. weak as piss, aren't they? And then, and then he Duggan managed to break away. He get he pulls out his tape as usual, proper buzzing about pulling his tape out of his pants, like you know, as he always is. Starts to try <laughs> and wrap it round. Wall Street cuts him off. Tries to use it himself, and then he and then Duggan hits this garbage little football tackle, and then dives on top of him for a win. Proper, proper shit. Like the less said about it, the better. Awful. That's all I've got two, to say, I'm afraid. Two 20 to 30 second chin locks in a four minute match. That's just outrageous, that, isn't it? <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Next, we get possibly not That's quite as shit as that, show. but something that could be absolutely <laughs> main event in any other arena in the world. <laughs> it's uh, it's old Hugh Morris versus Jim Powers. What a with, load of shite. With Teddy. As usual. We've all said said wired oh yeah. This was horseshit as well. It really was. Two absolute stinkers on the on the, on the, in a row off after an absolute corking start. It sort of fluffed it after after a good start. Um obviously Jim Powers uh, has got pictures of Bischoff doing something. He's on the he show is, every he, week. <laughs> he is the Daniel Garcia of nineteen ninety six, this fucker. <laughs> He's on that bastard show every single week as old Nuno you know, betting court always with Adam getting, Phillips too. Always getting beat though, isn't he? Yeah. T- t- this little storyline with Teddy and Nick Patrick's the, the most interesting part of the entire match though. So t- Teddy's having words with Nicky Patrick again. He's saying, look, you better call this down the middle and all this because obviously they've had that little feud going on. I just thought to myself, are we ever going to see Jim Powers win a match? Because I don't think we have seen him win one yet. I hope not. <laughs> I would. I think this was the only time I was. I was praying he'd win though against Hugh Morris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you do because he's just the dirt worst. Did you hear him? I can't remember who said it. It might have been Tony, but he said uh, he wanted to thank Mister Lawler for promoting this event. Did he? I didn't hear did that. You, did you not hear that? Well, I, I reckon, I reckon. I don't think it was Jerry Lawler. I think it mm. might have been like Brian Christopher or somebody. Right, he's a Lawler, and I reckon yeah. he just missed. We'll just say Mr. Lawler just to freak out fucking Vince if anyone's watching, kind of thing. I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I did hear him. Someone announced on it might have been Tony saying that Flair couldn't make it tonight because of, in, of his injury. It's, wor- it's fit worse than first four after an MRI scan, something like that. Yeah, so I'm guessing that's why they had like the fake Flair last week because <laughs> that, that was be definitely that was definitely fake Flair, wasn't it? Trying to write him off. They were going to announce later on in the show who the Giants going to be facing because Flair's not going to make it to Halloween Havoc. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll think of that out. Be Morris is getting absolutely nailed on the turnbuckles, you know, getting dragged from one to the next. Every time um, Jim Powers goes for a cover, Nick Patrick takes about five minutes to get to the floor to count it. And every time yeah, he's he does. grabbing his neck and he's like, ah, he's just like giving it that, ah. It's because he hates like, Teddy. Proper played up to it, and it, it, this must happen about four or five times, doesn't it? Like, it, like there was a couple of times where he hit like a power slam. That was like that's like his finish, I think. And he and the, and it just took Patrick ages to get down. And then um, 
Morris hits him with a back suplex and the old fat boy moonsault. And then uh, Nick Patrick straight down. Quick little free count for the win. No muck, no fucking about. Just continues that, like, that controversial thing where it's like playing up. To, like, if you have an him, like, do dodgy stuff in matches like this that have got no relevance to the NWO, it makes you sort of think, oh, he's just a shit ref. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's quite good the way they've done it, I think. Um, but Teddy's absolutely fuming. He's racist. He, is. Yeah, he seems to forget racist. old Teddy Long, though. In 89 90, he, uh, he had the same gimmick. Did he? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he did. He was, he was like a bad ref. Was he? Oh, he should know better and then, it, shouldn't he? I'm sure he got suspended, I think. Like, kayfabe suspended. Yeah. For being a bad ref. I, I can't remember the whole thing. How shit is Hugh Morris's hair, Mark? Oh, everything about that guy's shit. It's like plaited, undercut, mullet. <laughs> it's like... That three stages of hell, isn't it? It's, fucking... <laughs> it's a Helmsley. It's a Helmsley special. <laughs> it's a proper Helmsley special. The thing I have with Jim Powers, like watching him, he has all the tools. He's got the body. He's got the size. He's got the strength. He's quite athletic. He's absolutely bland as fuck. He should be teaming with Luger. <laughs> he should replace Sting as the new uh, the new wooden top. Wooden top. The new he's not over. He's just not over. Like weirdly over, like them two. No, he's not. He's not. He never. He'll never replace Stinger. Stinger. <laughs> Stinger. <laughs> oh, the, the the argument between um, Patrick and Teddy was hilarious. We were just absolutely going at each other. It was funny as fuck. It was like two blokes having a, having an argument in the pub about something. It was quality. That was the best he's part expanding. of the entire match. He's really expanding weekly, isn't he, Teddy? Oh god, yeah, he's blowing up. Seriously, it's like someone stuck a fucking football pump down his throat and just got here. Go <laughs> we blow you up a bit. <laughs> fly, fly away, Teddy Long. <laughs> He's absolutely massive. Um, so, what do you what do you call him round round your head? Is it Penny Floater or something? You let's say. Yes, yeah, Penny Floater. Yeah, we used to call yeah. flyaways. Anyway, moving on, we have something phenomenal. Fucking Lord Woodentop versus the man Greg Valentine. Fucking Valentine. He looks like Flair if Flair had drank nothing but gravy for six months. <laughs> Bit of gravy, though. <laughs> he looks, he, oh, honestly, mate, he looks like the bloated corpse of a fucking hippo. <laughs> you love his tune, though. You love a bit of Greg Valentine. I, I, I used to like Greg Valentine when he was in the WWE, but like I said to you, when, we, when he first popped up, it takes him about fucking 40 minutes to get warmed up. You can't just have a quick TV match with him. Yeah, but I, not thought, seeing... I, I thought he got going in this one, to be fair. Well, yeah, to be fair, I'll give him that because he had something to work with, didn't he? Yeah. So it re- it recaps last week and the, the double-A attack on Luger. So yeah. he comes out, ribs taped, walks even more statically than usual. Good ovation. Not quite Tarrant, though. Not quite Tarrant, but, you know, it wasn't bad. Give him that. So there's a lock-up, hammerlock reversals, and Valentine starts viciously working his arm, and I thought it was yeah. really nice. And Larry Larry gives it, bones don't don't compete with steel, I'm afraid, so that's why he's got his ribs taped. So Luger's selling his ribs because he can't pick him up. And mm. that's it, Valentine, boom, zones in, lower back with elbows. Arn's watching backstage like a dad watching Antiques Roach on a Sunday. Glasses on, loves it. <laughs> Valentine goes at him with punches, does a guillotine, 
get knees. DiBiase and Vin- Vincent rock up and watch from the stands. Then they make an announcement that uh, Hogan's demanding to have some TV time later. And fucking Zabisco's apoplectic with it. Demanding, are they? (laughs) (laughs) Valentine uses the ropes to stomp on his ribs. And I'm just waiting, sat there waiting for his bionic man comeback. And they're putting over Luger's guts and resilience. But Arn's a different ball game to Valentine, basically the same, which he he fucking is. Mm. And here we go. Comeback. Punches. Atomic drop. Can he rack him? Can he rack him? Yep. Yeah, he can. And doesn't sell it afterwards. <laughs> Wooden as fuck. <laughs> I thought it was all right, to be fair. Not bad for Luger. It was all right because he didn't I do anything. His sell really job doing the, the Valentine stuff was all right, but then he, he, he fluffed it at the end of it, didn't he, to be fair? Yeah, you just picked the fucker up to torture him, and he's just going, oh, that's a bit sore, that. He's not <laughs> selling it at <laughs> all. Yeah. Like he's a bit winded from from like he's got a stitch or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen a bit of bit of confrontation between him and Arn. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that, but I think Arn just watching it on a monitor was a bit too subtle. Yeah, didn't really do anything. It's like come back and it'd have been better over. if he, it'd have been better if he'd have you know come out on the aisle to watch or something like that, just to put that extra pressure on him. Something like that. Yeah, definitely. Then, we get an absolute corker. Tony is with old Nicky Patrick. <laughs> All right, Larry, thanks a lot, Nick. I, I said many times I think you should know this because you were in the ring. If you're not 100%, and you obviously weren't, maybe you ought to think twice about getting in the ring. Be that as it may, you talked about for the last couple of weeks a fine you wanted to levy to the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I got some information for you. There will be a fine levy to the Macho Man Randy Savage, but it, uh, unfortunately it's not going to be a million dollars. We understand by the WCW Board of Directors it will be $500. And also... No, I'm not. And also he's going to miss the first five matches of 1997. Oh, you're, this is a joke, right? No, it's the announcement I wanted, I needed to make to you. How do they ever expect to gain the respect from these people if they're going to walk around like a bunch of spineless jellyfish? You're not going to back me up on this one, huh? Well, you've got a war with the NWO. You're about to have a war with my legal staff. Nobody's going to put their hands on me like that and get away with it, Tony Schiavone. I'm here to tell you right now, they are not going to hear the end of this. Well, I can understand your passion, but also, uh, you know, you have a very distinctive voice. Let's take you back to NWO Saturday night, if we will. Take a look, Nick, at the referee in the ring. Now, I said at that time, and I firmly believe it, he's a mass referee. Spell the myth that they are merely thugs. That looked like you. It was your mannerisms. It sounded like you. Nick Patrick, I think that was you. Take a close look right here, Tony Schiavone. There's no way that could be me. I'm in a lot better shape than that guy right there. I'm in a lot better shape. As a matter of fact, unbelievable. You closely. That looks a lot more like Randy Anderson to me. Some of the toughest men. That looks just like Randy Anderson. How dare anybody accuse me of being NWO? It, it, It makes me sick. I've come out here and I've worked hurt. I do my job better than anybody else around here. I don't see anybody else coming out here hurt. And you've got all these so-called 
tough guys coming out here. Let's see some action, guys. I'm tired of the words. I'm tired of the accusations. If you want to stop NWO, then go get NWO. I'm not NWO. Stay off of me. And if WCW is not going to back me, my legal team will, and you will not hear the end of this, I guarantee you. An accusation toward Randy Anderson. And Tony says to him, you shouldn't be refing if you're not 100%, which I think is a fair point. Yeah. And then he tells him this bit was that he's won, he's won million pound fine to Savage is five hundred dollars. <laughs> His face dropped, didn't it? <laughs> and he's not happy. And then uh, Tony tells him that he's got a five match ban, but starts in nineteen ninety eight. So like, he's like he's fuming. And Patrick's absolutely fucking great here. He talks about respect, and he says they're all spineless jellyfish. And he, yeah. he, what, he's going to bring it, bring in his legal team. <laughs> Brilliant. So and good. then it re- recaps the Saturday night, NWO Saturday night in an empty arena. And we see what's clearly Nick Patrick ballied up in a balaclava. Yeah. With no brace on his Gregory. He denies it. He says he's uh, in much better shape than that guy. It looks like Randy Anderson. <laughs> it was fucking great. <laughs> he's, so, he's actually so good on the mic. He really is. And then he says he's not NWO. He, he is, definitely is. percent <laughs> is. <laughs> and then they cut away in a DBOC and Vincent are still in the crowd, but Nick Nick Patrick, man, week by week, every time he just he just has me. I I think he's great. Yeah. He's funny, he's really funny, isn't he? He's really funny. But he also he's he's playing it very serious. he's playing it very well as well. He plays the the sort of conflicted referee really well. Because he never disappoints, though. He's he's one of the most consistent things on the show. Yeah, they booked it very well, haven't they? Very subtle, subtle as well. Like they've not like overly put him towards NWO. Like they've not. There's sometimes weeks where he's got nothing to do with them. Absolutely nothing to do with them for weeks, and there's like all of his controversies in matches that have not really got any relevance to them. So it's like they've done really well at of just making you think. Oh, he's just a shit ref. <laughs> That's basically like the way they've done it. It's really good. Um, Do you reckon this has been booked so well because because Hogan might not have any involvement in it? Probably, yeah. It's probably one of like uh, Sullivan's little little projects. He's think yeah. I'll do something else. These lot are just going to fucking ruin everything. Any other idea I have, so I'm just going to put a little side yeah. piece together and just see how that goes. And it's it's yeah. easily one of the better things on the show. It's like I can't I can't book angles from a top talent because the NWO are just going to come in and steamroll them. So I'll have to stick to the refs instead. <laughs> That's all he can do. <laughs> the refs are fair game. <laughs> well, then we get hour two. It's not exactly right because it, it starts as a, Mike Enos is walking down the aisle. So, you know, maybe it's a good job we didn't get like burnt with fireworks and know, fire yeah. and stuff. But then we get, well, we get, Randy Savage versus Mike Enos. What a penis. Well, we thought, and I thought, I'm hoping Savage can get something good out of Enos like Jericho did. Thinking, Because yeah. I'm thinking, oh, Enos versus Savage. After Could seeing right. Enos versus Jericho, I thought, well, we might get something decent here. And Savage comes out resplendent with an absolute huge pop. Yeah, big time. It's not, Sav- it? it's not Tarrant, though. Ooh. That's two weeks on the trot, man. Bishop, Bishop accosts him with like a secondary school wheeled out telly. <laughs> <laughs> a 
end of term. We've got to put a film yeah. on today. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's he's selling fuck all from last week. Yeah. No signs of any pain from the week before. No tape or anything like that. No, he's raring to go. He says the NWO's here, which means Hogan's here, and he wants Halloween Havoc tonight. <laughs> and uh, Bischoff mentions Liz, and he tells him not to go there. But Liz is on video on a swing, and it looks it looks legit. She, well, she looks legit. She looks like she's First actually bit of emotion. She's actually showed. Yeah, but it, she shows a lot of emotion. But you don't know what emotion it is. It's always the same, and she's just got that one <laughs> like look on yeah. her face and doesn't <laughs> yeah, really true. do anything else. But she's crying. And she's sorry. She's a coward. She did it to hurt him and for attention. She wants forgiveness and she's got to live with her choices. She don't really want to be involved with the NWO. This is awkward as fuck. Yeah, it's quite Cause, awkward. Because it's like these fucking two are divorced. Yeah. But there's clearly like a residual sort of, you know, we didn't work, but we still love each other thing going on. And it's a bit too real. Mm, I thought that. I thought it was a bit and too savage. Close yeah, Savage looks absolutely gutted, and I don't think that is acting. <laughs> no, I think he was genuinely speechless. And if it was like storyline, he's probably getting a bit confused, thinking, fucking hell, this is what I've wanted to hear from him for all these years or whatever, yeah, or vice versa. I yeah. bet it was fucking difficult watching it, considering obviously how close they once were. Um, it, was a, it was a bit odd, wasn't it? He was completely, utterly speechless. He was. I thought it was good. But the impact go of it was f- quite good. Yeah. It did go for five minutes, though. Yeah, it, 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 she waffled on a bit, didn't she, in that clip? Sort of repeated Just herself a, a few times. Now, I've put here, is this Bischoff NWO foreshadowing? That's what is I thought. Him, He's you trying know, to, trying to fuck over. Game. Yeah. That's what I but thought. Playing, but playing like the innocent, you know, announcer guy, and he yeah. was like, I, "I've known, I've known Savage for 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 quite a long time now, and I think I know him more than most people, and all this." And he and he was like, "I care about him, and I wanted to hear from Liz and all this." So I think it was a bit of that where it's like he's trying to get in his head, trying to take him off his yeah. game for Halloween Havoc. Yeah, I, I thought that as well. I put that in my notes. Um, and if it is, it is fucking good. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good if that's the case. I think it because probably I, is. Probably is, because I'm thinking back to the other week when you went, when he did want to, to find them in the hotel, Bischoff, and Savage was like doing the same, and you yeah. said, oh, is this some foreshadowing? And I'm like, nah, I can't be. It's a bit too... Uh, but, you know, I think I think there's little, little Easter eggs being dropped. I think that's what there. it is. I think there's li- just little touches, little touches and all that, and just uh, just setting up for it. And when, and when you... Uh, and when you watched it in 96, it was probably going to be, when he got revealed, he was probably going to be like, it was me, Austin, it was me all along kind of moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. fucking hell it's him. Yeah, probably. I, I, I think it's quite good. If, I think that's what I'm starting to think it is. That's what it seems like anyway. I'll have to see anyway. We get no match though. Savage fucks off after uh, tries to find her. Yeah, he was just, fucks off just a white back. limo waiting for him. <laughs> white <Yeah>. limo. <laughs> Here's your limo, Macho. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Ex- expecting Bradshaw to come out, and then and then Bishop's like, uh, "We've we've got to apologise to Mike Enos for his cancellation of his match and all this." Oh, bless him. <laughs> he's just stood in the ring watching all that kick off, and he's thinking, "I could have had a match with Macho uh, with uh, Randy Savage here, but I've uh, been done over." 
Welcome back to WCW Monday Nitro Live here on TNT. I'm Eric Bischoff along with Bobby the Brain Heenan, Mike today, and quite obviously, gentlemen, a very emotional setting here opening up the second hour of the program. I'll tell you what, Randy, of all the things that I've seen out of Randy Savage since I've been associated with him, I did not expect him to walk out of this building. What is wrong with you? You know what's going through Savage's mind. Now you've got to bring up Elizabeth at this time? He's not mentally right anyway, Eric. What's going through his mind now? How's he going to be prepared for Slim Jim's Halloween habit? Look, I think the point is, Bobby and Mike, I think the point is here is Elizabeth has been trying. We've seen it here on Nitro the last couple of weeks, trying desperately to talk to Randy. Randy won't have anything to do with her. I know the past, and quite frankly, I understand it. But, Mike, that reaction? Well, we saw the plea from Elizabeth. We saw her say how sorry she was, asking for forgiveness. But I'm with Bobby on this one. I just wonder if this isn't another distraction for Randy Savage coming just less than two weeks before Halloween Havoc. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll be talking to the Macho Man Randy Savage shortly. I don't know when that will be. Uh, Mike Enos, we have to apologize to Mike Enos. Obviously, we will have to reschedule that match. We apologize to the fans who tuned in to see the Macho Man. But I think, quite honestly, I think everybody can understand. Let's go with our next contest. It's going to be Eddie Guerrero and the Cheetah Kid. I'll tell you what. He, he, he questions his thought. Bobby questions his thought process of showing Savage the clip, saying, what are you doing? Like, you've, yeah, you tried to rate him off him, the game. Yeah, that was really good, I thought. I thought that little bit. With with Bobby, I just thought that's 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 great because Bobby has twigged onto it, yeah, but didn't give the game away like he usually does. Yeah, he didn't. He, he was he wasn't like, oh, are you in the NWO? Like he does with like, <laughs> like, he did like last he was, time. Yeah, he was just he was just questioning the fucking stupidity of the decision, which was which was fair enough. I think that's quite a nice little storyline actually. I think it's quite clever to get Liz involved, but again, it. I think the video clip went a bit far. I think there's yeah, a few. She's quite limited, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, she did her best. I mean, it's, best, it's one of the best things she's done, and but that's not hard. <laughs> no. Then we get a returning Captain Mulito, Eddie Guerrero versus the Cheetah Kid. Now, I shit my pants when I saw the Cheetah Kid because that you think was, it was Tiger Rocks. Rocks. No, that was Rocco Rock's old gimmick. He used to be called the Cheetah Kid back in the sort of early nineties. But it turns out it's Abuda Dean. Who the hell's that? He's the son of King Curtis Ikea, who was the master in the Dungeon of Doom when it first started. Oh right, Solomon, yeah. my son. That guy, no, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> so it's his son. And it's lovely to see if Eddie comes out hot. He's fired up. It's lovely to see it before before Havoc. He does an inset promo. He calls Paige a one move wrestler. Bit unfair that I think. Yeah, but it's good. It's good from him. It's good in the context of the storyline. Yeah, and he said he'll beat him again. But DDP is break... definitely not a one move wrestler. <laughs> no, he's not. He says you can break my leg, you can break my arm, but you can't break my heart or my spirit. It's it's not the personality later finds, but it's not bad. It's good, uh, good fired up baby face, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lovely fast start, nice and, te- and technical. Uh, a nice hurricane runner and, su- and a superb drop kick by Eddie Guerrero. Misses another drop kick, and Cheetah takes over. Nice Samoan drop for two. Big power bomb for Eddie. Two Eddie, mm. sorry, and tries another, and he's countered into an eight point seven on the steamboat by Eduardo. Quality. 
Then he does a sort of bit of a stagey springboard drop kick, the cheater kid. Eddie looked a bit lost and he was sort of like, well, are you going to do it? Well, yeah, because he's on the outside and the guy's sort of coming to the ropes and Eddie stood there and then he's like, all right. So he moves over to the turnbuckle and Eddie gets on the apron. Yeah. And it just looked like you try to figure out where you're going, which, yeah, you can. it's Eddie, you can sort of let it pass, but he did look a bit lost. And he, uh, Cheetah gets back up to the top again and Eddie crotches him, does a Hurricane Rana uh, and a five-star froggy for three. Other than the springboard dropkick, I thought it was a nice, quick telly match. Uh, yeah. And then he says, DDP, it's personal. Did what it needed to do, didn't it? Certainly did. Gets him a win before the pay-per-view. Yeah. Another bit to add, Bischoff apologises to the entire Poffo family for any distress caused. <laughs> he's proper overdoing it at that point. He just he, He's already said sorry. Let's just leave it now. Just, you know what I mean? Like he's, He always overdoes it. He always gets a bit too keen for the storyline. Hundred percent. And does everybody know that he's called? That's what I mean. Does everyone know that Andy he's Poffo? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> it was a bit. You just say it's a weird, wouldn't you? Then we uh, <laughs> then we get Tony the Tiger, Lee Marshall. <laughs> yeah, he's in he's in Minnesota four days early for a house show. Muppet. <laughs> yeah, I'm here in Minnesota. Uh, for we got a house show on Friday. It's Monday. Tony the Tiger, what are you doing in Minnesota already? Oh, you know, just 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 see what's going on. Dick. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not though, is it? You're, you're there. Um, Cretin. <laughs> we'll move on to a new babyface hope for WCW. Well, that's what <laughs> we've been hell. promised anyway. Old double oh, J God. Jeff Jarrett against old big Bubba Rogers. A bit, you know, a pretty good big guy that we've been, you know, apart from his his feud with uh, Big John Center uh, and his association right. with Hart. Yeah, true. Right, Big Bubba. I love, the, I love the boss man. When it when he sacks this off, loses a bit of weight, and goes back to the, the WWE, and he does that sort of ministry boss man where he does the Big Show's daddy thing and the Al Snow's dog and all that. It's fucking wonderful. Big Bubba, he look, he still looks like a QAnon conspiracy theorist. He just needs a re, he really needs a repackage. Yeah, he does. get away from the dungeon, and he could be, he could be something good. This is going to be very, very, very Memphisy with yeah. Jarrett and Hart involved. Jarrett gets a fucking good old pop, as you'd expect, though. Hometown boy, but yeah. he looks a fucking eyesore. Yeah, <laughs> that gear's awful in it. It really is. The gear, the hair, the stupid V signs, the fucking ain't that great? <laughs> the thing is, though, he's actually pretty bang on in the ring. Oh, he's not bad. He's a classic southern worker. You know, he's he's that sort of Brad Armstrong style. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's quite good. He's got a good body on him, good look as well. But it's just the, the crap gear. Hair. Hair. It's just the crap gear and the hair. <laughs> yeah, like, the hair. Like they could, he could have looked so much better if they'd have just styled him right. The hair alone. It's, it's like he just stands out. I suppose he stands out though. As a cunt. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't have I don't have I think he's a bit of a bit of a tit, but I don't mind he's watching him. He's a proper douchebag though, isn't he? Like, you know well, he is a yeah, douchebag. Yeah. yeah. He's hard he's hard to he's I can't I don't know how he's a baby face. I, he just to me he just yeah, never he's works. Too cocky, he? He's too cocky he's too, to be a baby face. Too douchey. He does his flair <laughs> slash Fargo strut. There's double J chance. You know, he is over as fucking Memphis. Mm. Give him that. 
I mean, it'd be hard for him not to be over as fucking Memphis, but yeah. Bubba controls early with power, shoulders, body slam, elbows, punches. Jarrett outsmarts him and struts again. Jarrett gives big punches and Hart grabs his ankle and Jarrett chases him and he's lured into a back elbow as uh, Bubba is hiding behind the steps. Mm. He moves the steps. Looks like he's going to slam him on the steps. Referee but no, just, just as a gut buster instead and Hart just puts the boots to him outside while the ref, ref, ref goes back in the ring with Bubba. Jarrett fires back on the apron, crossbody for two, a chin lock by Bubba. And I'm Alla thinking, M Wall Street. <laughs> oh dear, is it chin lock a la M Wall Street or is it chin lock a la Ricky Steiner? But <laughs> luckily, Jarrett escapes quite quite quickly, and he gets a boot and the boss man straddle over the ropes. Yeah, Jarrett misses a drop kick and gets a right hand to the jaw for two, and it looked like a nice right hand that, like yeah, a, it did, like a nice little spot. Bubba misses a corner charge and takes a nice bump onto the turnbuckle where Jarrett just like kicks him and like flings him in the air, boots him all around. Atomic drop, signals for the figure four, but hearts up and gets uh, chinned. Very Memphis spot, but fuck me, does that get a pop? Oh, yeah. I, I was popping for it. I was popping for it. <laughs> Jarrett's like overly animated when he's doing those big face spots. I mean, he's, he's like playing to the crowd, like grabbing him. He's like, shall I? Shall I? Proper yeah. pantomime, which yeah. is very Memphis. Not great, in my opinion, but I get it. I, I do get it. It's just not for me. He runs into a big spine buster, though, and proceeds to get pummeled by Bubba. And as he's swinging back, he clocks Mark Curtis with, with his elbow. Hart tosses in the megaphone. And then came what I thought was a nice little finish. Jared drop kicks it right into his Chevy Chase. 4-3. Lovely finish, I thought. However... Small gripe. The ref was up a bit too quick for me after he'd just been elbowed in the face. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Decent possibly. TV match. Jarrett is over as fucking Memphis. As you'd expect. Echo that. I thought it was all right. No, not offensive in any way. Used the manager well. Very old school, like you said. But it worked in that room, didn't it? it worked. You know, if it gets over in that room. Um, <laughs> the Joey um, Ryan principle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was all right. I, 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 Jeff Jarrett—he's a bit of a donut, isn't he? But he could—he could—he yep. could work a match. He could work an all right match. Um, oh yeah, I've never had an issue with his wrestling. I just think he's just very main event in his own mind, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But you can see he's got a bit of charisma about him, a bit of talent. Um, so I, I don't necessarily mind him being on the screen. Um, it's not his own though, is it? It's it's Ric Flair, Jackie Fargo, it's Buddy Rogers, it's you know Yeah, but they all copied each other, didn't they? I suppose he was just trying to carry on that lineage, I guess. Um not to any well, yeah. anyone. But Flair's still going though. Yeah, I know. I think I mean, no probably, one thought he'd go this long, but I think they probably brought him in to be the successor to Flair, didn't they? I mean that would have been the plan. Yeah, and Jeff Jarrett's retired and uh Flair's still fucking wittering on that he's gonna go again. I know, I know. Yeah, so I didn't mind it too much. But then um, I thought, the like you said, I thought the finish was really cool. Really fun finish. Yeah. Um, nice drop kick as well by old uh, Jarrett, to be mm. fair. And then Tony grabs J- Jarrett for a sort of after-match interview. Thank you, Tony. Oh, All right, Eric, thanks a lot. As you guys talked about, a young man who really appreciates the tradition of world championship wrestling really knows his roots. And you can hear it here, the response to your old stomping grounds here in Memphis, Tennessee, in the Mid-South Coliseum. And Jeff, we talked this past Saturday on 
WCW Saturday night. You know Ric Flair is out, not able to compete. Mike Tanay talked about it earlier. You said, throw my name in the hat. I want to go to Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. I want to face the giant. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the WCW Championship Committee has heard his cry. Jeff Jarrett will face the giant at Slim Jim Halloween Havoc. Oh, yeah. One on one. Remember, he has stolen that U.S. title belt as well. Oh, I feel great tonight, Tony Schiavone. Because, oh, for a couple of reasons. I said I was coming into WCW to make an impact. Everybody's talking about it. What Jeff Jarrett did on Nitro last week. What Jeff Jarrett did on Saturday night. Well, Giant, I'm an impact player. And you're going to find that out at Halloween Havoc. I've never said I was the biggest. I've never said I was the strongest or the tallest. But from day one, Giant, I said I was the smartest wrestler alive today. <laughs> oh, yeah. And at Halloween Havoc, when I find a way, and I will find a way to chop you down to size, when I slap that figure four leg like on you, oh, you and the rest of the stinking NWO, that's right, you're going to respect Ric Flair. You're going to respect WCW and the wrestling heritage that goes way back. And last but not least, oh, and you too, Hogan, all the NWO is going to respect Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> And he announces that it's going to be the sort of pound chop flair taking the place of the real Ric Flair against the giant at Halloween Havoc. I don't know if that's for like an interim belt. They said he they said they went to the championship committee to to book it. Interim belt? No, only Tony Khan does them. There's no know. such thing. I don't know if I don't know if they would they were putting the the title on the line because they were saying that the giant's holding on to it anyway or something. I didn't I didn't quite catch it. No, uh, I don't understand it. I don't know. And Jarrett said, which I thought was quite funny, he said he's an impact player. I just thought that was so ironic. Just so, just to what, what actually happened in his career. I thought it was quite funny. I don't know if that's where he got the idea from. No, it was uh, Russo, wasn't it? It was called Total Nonstop Action for a bit, yeah. wasn't it? And which, you know, TNA tits and ass. <laughs> you know, it's classic Russo fucking bullshit, isn't it? He says, he says everyone's talking about him. Are they? Really? I don't know. They're not, are they? He says he's the smartest wrestler alive today. Arn Anderson is literally in the back. <laughs> Bret, Hart, Bret Hart's on the other channel. Fuck's yeah. sake. He says the NWO will respect Flair, WCW, History, and Jeff Jarrett. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> <Jeff> Jarrett. <laughs> That's talking to the third person. We, we know only The Rock can get away with that. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. He said he's going to find a way to chop the giant down to size as well. Not too bad, I suppose. But every, everyone, everyone says that though. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a big, it's a big uh, tree. <laughs> so after that, though, we get um, a match that we've sort of quietly been hoping for for a while, haven't we? Yeah. Um, faces of fear with no Jimmy Hart, which was nice and refreshing. Actually, it was it was yeah. lovely <laughs> against the uh, the Harlem Heat. In the quintessential again, pretty much every week they've got it on at the minute. That's because they've heard us, Mark. Yeah. I mean, and, but but Bischoff hasn't because we get obligatory tag belt match as always. <laughs> but at least it's main. Well, it's not main event, is it? But you know, it's main event match. Yeah, they get the entrance. They're talking trash in the camera as usual. It's just quality Halloween. Love it. Yeah. Love it. That music, the tune, the two big boys just just talking pure shit into the camera. 
really good. You say that it was it was listed as a non-title match. Oh, was it? Yeah. Did you not pick up on that? I think they said it because they no. said that Sherry and Parker refused to put the belts on the line. It's because they know Meng and Barb are ruthless bastards. That's why. They just. I just thought Harlan looked cool as fuck. I think this was the best entrance they've had, they've done so far. They looked amazing. Yeah, I think all four of them look cool as fuck. I mean, Meng and Barb. Now and again. Yeah. I mean, they've had they've had they've had the odd shocker. No offense, Meng and Barb. Please don't hurt us. <laughs> but usually, you get you get some decent out of the pair of them. They just like Meng's coming down and he's just ram ranting in fucking Tongan or whatever the <laughs> you know the, the language of Tonga and it's just it just sounds mad. Yeah, and sounds it like starts a complete psycho, doesn't he? Oh, definitely, and it starts stiff as fuck, man. Love it. Yeah, yeah, really stiff. He, he clubs the fuck out of Booker and hits him with like combos in the cut. Do you know what I mean? He's like going yeah. for it, big shots. Then Mongo, Benoit, and Roboto come down and distract Meng and Barb a little bit. <laughs> she's she's asking him what kind of uh, hot drink they want. <laughs> Tea <Yeah>. or coffee. <laughs> I thought it was a nice little bit of angle thrown in there because they're having a match at... Yeah, they've got the match at the pay-per-view, haven't they? wasn't egregious, but, you know, nice. Just just remind you. Yeah. Uh, there's a kick by Booker and it rocks Meng. Doesn't take him off his feet, so he has to pull out the sidekick. That gets him on his ass. Yeah. Stevie works over Meng, barbs in, and absolutely mauls Stevie. And Stevie is not a small guy. <laughs> oh, God, no. It's like a fucking madness. Nice kick by Stevie and Barbary groups. Booker's in and drops Barb with a hook kick for two. I loved it. Stiff lariat by Stevie. Quick tags. They cut like Barb the off from Meng. From Harlan. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Cut, cut Barb off from Meng. Little double teams. It was just good good stuff. It's good tag team wrestling. Side slam and Booker's up top. Meng crotches him. And Barb pulls out a overhead belly-to-belly superplex. It was fucking yeah. awesome. Big time. Overhead throw and everything, wasn't it? He loved oh. it. I'm, I was popping it because I'm thinking, this is fucking mint, this match. Proper yeah. getting into it. And then Meng's in and he starts shaking his stuff for Sherry. And I was like <laughs> laughing my fucking ass off. I'm like, fucking hell, Meng. Fucking magic Meng. <laughs> magic Meng XXL. <laughs> That's it. You could have got, you could fuck, fuck Nash off and get Meng in. <laughs> Meng hit a naughty, naughty uh, sit-out powerbomb, didn't he? Oh, yeah. For two, though, that should, yeah. that should have creamed him. Brilliant, <laughs> absolutely. Honestly, their power moves are sort of, to me, getting on par with the Steiners when they pull out power moves. Yeah. They're just nasty as fuck. Yeah. So, Barb's in, and the faces are fair in control. They start doing the quick tags. It's a backbreaker yeah. for two. And then they do simultaneous double diving headbutts, which mm. was lovely. Yeah. Awesome diving sunset flip by Booker. The elevation he got on that was insane. Matt, He's such the an match athletic. Was really cool. Wrestler. But then, then you've got Bischoff on commentary going, please come back, Sting. Like, not even commenting oh, no. on the, the quality oh, no. matches going on in the ring. Dear my head in, he was. Yeah, it was, it was fucking bobbins. Nash and Hall then wander through the crowd to a pop, like a proper pop. Yeah. All four are distracted and the bell goes. I'm thinking, yeah. eh, did the bell need to go? Did not interfere, interfered. However, all four of them line up in unison. That was good. First time that's and happened out- in a while. Well, this is it. And the outsiders get off. Barb has a chair. And I just thought it was nice to see that 
WCW United and the NWO run off. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen often. Ages. Exactly. I thought it was a decent TV match. I love both teams and the NWO bit really worked. Yeah. Yeah, for all around it was quality. Really good. We've been we've been sort of, you know, quietly saying this could be a good match down the line somewhere. I think we might have got it once, but it was really short and it was just cut off by some else and it nothing yeah. really took off. But this was they they let it actually come to fruition. It was a good what, 10 minutes maybe. 7 I think it was 7 or was eight. it. Short yeah. ten minutes, so it, there was enough time in there for them all to look pretty good, and no one, no one is hurt because nobody no. got pinned. So, and they exactly. all came close to winning it. So I thought it was really good. Harlem Heat are just possibly one of the most underrated tag teams about ever potentially. I think um, Face of the Fair are underrated as fuck as well. To be fair, yeah. you've got some good tag teams in there. It's a decent, it's a decent division. You yeah. know, these Steiners got- faces. Harlem, Rock and Roll Express to get you over. Even um, out, outsiders. That's... Outsiders. Arn and Flair with the tag. Nice. Yeah. Even Mongo and Benoit. Uh, well, you get some You get the comedy <laughs> value. It's just such a weird juxtaposition, them two, because you've got complete Mr. Bean, Mongo, <laughs> and then serious as a heart attack, Benoit. It's like, <laughs> it's fucking mad. But yeah, I thought it was really good, fun, really good fun match, definitely. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Bischoff is still obsessing over Savage. Like yeah, he says, if like... he's right, if he's if he's right in the head, Hogan's done. But if he's not, he won't be back in WCW. But you're making some pretty outlandish calls there. You don't know. You're not spoken Based to the guy. <laughs> Based on what he said, absolutely exactly. called to you earlier. He's proper. He's done, overdone it slightly, but still he that intrigue. He can never help himself, can he? Gets a bit giddy with those storylines. It was like with the um, the earlier NWO stuff. He he, he just he just he'd constantly just say it in the middle of the matches, and it would just be like, right, just let it, just let it breathe a second. You know the famous line let by him. Let it simmer. He just doesn't, does it? He? He's just like constantly on the heat. He just never leaves it. Um, I think he's just happy to be involved, and he gets a bit giddy, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But then we get to sort of. What the main event segment? Yeah, NWO come down and, and they they get a good they they get a pretty good pop. Um, is it? It's the savage. It, not the savage. <laughs> <laughs> it may as well be called the savage pop. <laughs> um, they are for the first time they're going to get the uh, the tarrant pop because that initial reaction was was pretty loud, pretty damn it loud. Um, you get them all, don't you? You get the Monty, you get all fucking eight or nine of them, or whatever it is. Yeah, so that was a, that was a pretty bagging pop for for the Tarrant this week for the for the NWO in 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 tandem. The Liz thing's really uncomfortable. Isn't it just like the giant yeah. shoving her around and stuff. I don't, I don't, it's like she's like being that. held hostage. Yeah, it's it's a little bit odd, isn't it? Uh, they're just sort of he's just grabbing her by the arm and stuff. It's pretty uncomfortable. But Hogan gets the mic as always. The Outsiders, the beginning of the NWO, Ben Hogan, and now this. I guess it's NWO time, brothers. Um, You know, one for all and all for one. But now, friends and countrymen, now that we're on the eve of Halloween Havoc, I thought maybe... The Macho Man Randy Savage 
would have about this much dignity left, man. I thought maybe after beating him up week after week, the Macho Man would at least come out here and fight. Well, you know something? I've been out filming my newest movie, The Three Ninjas, brother. Clean shaven and looking good. I can push any button I want to on the Macho Man. I can push the button and make him run. I can push the button and make him hide. And now, after the greatest actress in the world, the lovely Elizabeth, good she is. <laughs> After the greatest actress in the world, the lovely Elizabeth kidnapped her. Made the macho man break down and cry. Oh, man. I don't even think he's worthy of a title shot for the NWO belt in Halloween Havoc, brother. The macho man is real, real weak. Oh. I'm here Hey man, we got a bunch of friends. We got more friends than we can count on. Wow, check this out. Hey man, you too can join the party. It's NWO time. You know what, man? You two brothers, you guys have never done me wrong. You watched my back the last couple weeks. Oh, they've got their contract. While the NWO was taking care of business. I love you guys more oh, than I love happy. my own family, man. And uh -oh. I just want to let you know, if there's anything I can do for you, if there's anything that ever needs to be done, just call on me because I'll be there, brother. I know, I know this will sound stupid. I don't even want to bother you with it. But, you know, lack of communication around here. But on the contract that... Ted gave us, you know, uh, about the limousine and the Learjets and most of all, the money with the decimal point where uh, it should be a little further back that we should be getting the money, you know, what I'm talking about. I don't know if it's just a screw up. I know it kind of blew, you know, you don't know nothing about it, but you know. No, brother, that, that, that should all be in there. Turn the page. Where's my signature? No, no, the Learjets, the limousines, the money on the paper, that should all... Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I, I didn't sign that. Do you see my signature on that? You know something, brother? I didn't sign this. So this is the contract I laid out, but, you know, you shouldn't have these shirts on unless I sign this. You know what I'm saying? Well, what, are you, what the hell are you talking about? I, I mean, what... No, what I'm talking about is you don't wear our colors unless we tell you. Unbelievable. NWO, brothers. You know something, macho man? What you see here, macho man, is just a little bit of what I'm going to do to you, brother. At the MGM, brother. Halloween Havoc. Giant, bring her over here, man. Bring her over oh, here. Get her out of there. You know something, Macho loud. Man? The reason your life fell apart is because of Hollywood, Hogan. The reason 
I'm going to remain the NWO champion is because there's a pecking order and I'm the greatest in the sport, brother. And the bottom line is, before your marriage was destroyed, night and day, Elizabeth dreamed about me. She had me on a pedestal. And brother, when Halloween Havoc's over, I'll still be her man. And right now, brother, now that the NWO has taken over, I'm flying back to Hollywood, brother. I'm gonna finish my three ninja film. And I'm taking Elizabeth with me. And you know what, Liz? Just like I shaved my face, it is Dave Dragon, the power bomber, brother. I'm gonna make sure that in Hollywood tomorrow, you get a new hairdo. And I'm sure the Macho Man is gonna love it. Ooh, yeah, Macho Man. NWO, old you, I'm gonna beat you. And Elizabeth is gonna be with me night and day. Wonderful. Yeah, it's so annoying, isn't it? That he's the mouthpiece of NWO when you've got Hall and Nash. They should be doing a lot more. They never talk. They never talk. I've put the exact same later on. He says Savage. He thought Savage would have had a bit of dignity in fighting him. He goes on about his dog shit film. Budget, 25 million. Box office, 375,000. <laughs> Genuinely looked at Hollywood Kogan. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest flop in uh, Hollywood ever, I think. Chris Collingwood's put more books in seats. <laughs> he, um, say, he says he can push any of Savage's buttons. He calls Liz the greatest actress on the planet. She's really not. She's really not. <laughs> She goes to slap him and he catches it and then sort of hands her over to the giant and the giant's just like fucking crowding her and mauling her over. Yeah. It's weird. He mocks Savage. He says he's not worth a title shot. And then the Nasty Boys come down. The latest the, uh, members uh, of the NWO. In NWO gear. Contracts in hand. Yeah. He's, but old, uh, is it Nobbs? Nobbs has got a few questions about this contract. Yeah, he's, uh, where's, where's my money? He said, where's my cars, my limos, my monies, and at that decibel point needs to be a bit higher up and all that. And, and then Hogan's, like, giving it that that proper, like, that stupid little comedy voice to it. Let me have a look at that contract and all this. And he's flipping through it. And he's like, I didn't sign this. I didn't sign this. You know, you Get should be wearing boys. this. Yeah. Get him, boys. <laughs> that bit was fucking cringy, wasn't it? it really what was that? What were you... He says, what the... you were about to say it then, and I jumped in, sorry. He's like... Did, um... Um... You can't you be wearing, be wearing that colors. T-shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This contract isn't binding. You can't wear our colours, and it's like there's like people in the crowd wearing one bit. Like, what yeah. you want about? And yeah, absolutely crescent. It's not Bloods versus Crips, is it? <laughs> and then he does his classic line from was it was it Hog Wild? Get them boys, like you said. Yeah, <laughs> get them boys. That's awful. That bit. Um, so he sprays him. <laughs> he sprays a pair of him, and then he continues to berate Savage. And says uh, that Liz wants him. She's always wanted him. She put him on a pedestal and all this. And he he's top of the pecking order. <laughs> this is exactly it's like a Helmsley what... promo. It's like a Helmsley like promo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just waffling on. And when you think he's done, he just he comes he back again. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he leaves it on a good point, you think, oh, it's all right, I'll leave it there. And he just goes talking about some shit film or something. Yeah. 
it's like it's, it's, it's like one of them them chefs who sat there and he's like, oh, it's not quite done yet. Let's put some let's put some garnish on. Let's put some parsley on. Oh, a bit of salt, no, and it just fucking ruins it. He says he's stopping a pecking order. He says he's going to Hollywood to finish his shit film, and he's taking Liz with him. He said uh, this could have been good, but he just it, it just goes on and on and on, and no one else talks. Hall, Nash, and Ted, DBOC need mic time because yeah. them three can really talk. It, it could have been good, but it just wasn't good. And then usual comms booth shit. And I'm that's at least he didn't old. do. At least he didn't do that thing where he went. Let's go wreck the comms booth like he did that, that week. That was lame as fuck. But the thing is, the comms booth stuff could be good if you just left Nash and Hall. Like yeah. when when they clipped on that NWO empty arena thing. Yeah. It's, it's Nash and Hall on the side as the tagging commentating. Yeah. yeah, it's good that, and that's quite clever. But the mics are cut off far too quickly. They literally sit down, say one, one or two words, and then it's done. And like they can barely get a word in these days, National Hall, and it's fucking, it's annoying. Yeah, it's quite, it's very annoying actually. Uh, just Hogan, just con, he just TV times all about him. It's really jarring. And it, even when he does some good stuff, he he always does something stupid. Like he he couldn't even think of the name of the fucking arena that the pay per views at. He was like, "It's at the MG MG Grand." And he's just like, "What are you even doing, mate?" Um, it reminded me of the. Do you remember that? Was it WrestleMania Thirty way where he got the he got the stadium it's name Silver Dome? Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that. It was just yeah, like you say, it's just frustrating not to hear from DiBiase, Nash, Hall great talkers who just basically just stood there in the background doing fuck all just being henchmen I, I, exactly this that's all the hour that it's their fucking thing they started it so it's like it's yeah it's just ridiculous yeah but that and then they they, they finished the show off showing the clip of savage leaving the building with the sort of overlay of the the liz video playing as well and his, his sad that face weird. that was weird <laughs> as well i thought it's just that they like to do that sometimes leading up to a pay-per-view, don't they? Just leave that sort of lasting image in your head of of the big part of the show and stuff like that. Well, that was the end of the broadcast. What did you think it of the show in, in in its entirety? I thought there was I thought it was all right. There was good bits. Uh NWO again. It it's a segment that could have been good if Hulk Hogan was not involved. Yeah, I want him to fuck off and make movies, really. We'll see National Hall and DiBiase and even Waltman speak a bit. He's done nothing since he's been in there. DiBiase, DiBiase's like holds it all together usually. No, no, because you've got he's a straight guy playing off Hall and Nash. He's like the the linchpin, and you've got then you can let Hall and Nash be the sarcastic, yeah. you know, smart ass heels. There were some good matches on it. I thought uh, Brad and Dean was good. I thought the Jarrett match was decent enough. Faces in Harlem was good. Faces in Harlem was good, and there was like little subtle things added in for the angles, like Dean with the mask, and then I'm watching backstage, and then the horseman coming down, Nicky Patrick promo, and and stuff like that. And I thought it wasn't a bad sort of tying. Yeah, it was tying things in to go for the for the go home show next week. Yeah, and and as we've last couple of pay per views, the go home shows have been a bit shit. Yeah, we've always felt. That there's a little after this one, there's a little bit of excitement actually, but I'm just hoping they don't fluff it 
They'll end up doing yeah. a full dominated NWO show, won't they, where they just break up every match or something. It'll just be shit. But the the NWO stuff with Hogan, when Hogan's like the main focus, which I know so, he is, but it's, it's it's really doing nothing for me and it's becoming lame. Because any, any sort of cool factor they had initially... It's just gone. gone out of the fucking window because he never shuts the fuck up. No. He reminds me of Lawler. Now, though, it? It's become his group now. Yeah. When it, when it first started. Do you know when Lawler does them things with him and he never shuts up with his shit jokes? That's what yeah. it is. But like you said, when it started. When it started, it was fucking cool as fuck. Intriguing. Mm. Where's it going? Nash and Hall are really cool and, you know, well, to a lot of people at the time, very cool and you know, charismatic. And then Hogan came in, he sort of, to begin with, he looked like he was trying to adapt and change. But I feel like he's the last not. month or so, he's basically just gone, right, back to default. I'm going to do my shit brother, brother, brother promos on my, on live mics. He can't do a live promo, but like, other than that, that's his default setting, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah, this is... This is the issue we've got. He's just, he, he ruins the group. I know he had the impact to make the group what they were, but he, I wish he just wasn't in it. The initial impact was superb, yeah. but it's it's one of them. It's it's a Russo moment, and it? it's like, oh, that was, great. that was a great moment. But what happens after, or, you know, how, yeah. do, you, how do you get to where you need to go and, and stuff like that? There's, there was no, there was no forward thinking. Well, there probably was forward thinking, but because he's got that creative control thing, he can just do what he fucking wants. So any sort of issue, any plans or whatever they had for it, he's clearly just gone. Don't work for me, brother, and does what he fucking wants. And it's just like, mm. but there is there is some watch. there is some elements of the NWO storyline which is good. I think the Savage stuff is quite good. It's quite subtle. Some of the stuff like the Bischoff like little moments. Now is he going to turn? I think that's quite good. Um, when you sort of analyze it, you know, like the the little moments where he's gone to see the NWO and stuff like that, but and then like the trying to throw Savage off. I think that, like we were mentioning before, that's quite good. So we'll just have to see how it develops. I think there'll be some fuckery with the finish at um, or then Halloween Havoc, to be fair. No, really? <laughs> I've got a, I've got a feeling. I don't know why. Um, Sneaking suspicions. But we'll go to, um, as we usually do, we'll do our post-show awards. Match of the night. Dean and Brad, for me. Dean and Brad. Great little opener. Yeah. I think I'll probably give it to Faces of Fear in Harlem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, that was a great match. Could've I love that. Yeah, but could be either, couldn't it? Could have been either. Even the Jarrett Bubba match was was decent enough. Yeah. But just for me, just for me, I just thought that got me going early. And usually we we have pretty pony openers. Mm. But that was that was a really good opener. Who's your MVP? It's quite tough, that. I think the way Savage played the Liz thing was quite good. Yeah, I had a few honorary mentions. I thought I give honorary mentions to Harlem Heat face the fair and the Outsiders for actually yeah. giving balance to it, even though it was a small bit of balance. Yeah, yeah. But I think for me, MVP Nick Nick Patrick. <laughs> yeah, didn't think about him. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, he to be fair. Yeah. Great stuff with with Teddy Long, nice promo, and then just the way he just played up to them. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Actually, I didn't even think about Nikki. Um, Do you know what I think? When I think when Arn's not prominent on the show, or a flair, them two, them two really hold the show together. Yeah, uh, 
And it's hard to find a standout when they're not prominent. It's it's an odd thing because even though the NWO are the main focus, Arn and Flair are the are the good linchpins. People, good people at the NWO don't do enough, do they? That's the problem. No, no. Who's your disco dug in a heart dick of the day? It's got to be Hogan. It's got to be Hogan. Got to Hogan be. for that absolute Helmsley promo. I, I fucking I went to the toilet and he was still talking. Alla Jim Cornette. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, what did he say? I'd rather watch a dog lick his balls. <laughs> Helms is a fucking well better promo than Hogan ever was, in in my no, opinion. Anyway. Hogan um, was good in short backstage sound bitey, yeah, yeah, with Gene with someone to to you know get him along, like Gene Oakland, yeah. yeah. Whereas you can't give him a, a mic and just say, "Go and say what you want, Hulk." It just, just does not just, fucking work. He just talks shit, doesn't he? Pure yeah. shit. Um, He's got to get his shit film in there. Shit, shit film. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be up there, and he. Uh, so it's, it's definitely going to him for me. Uh, is it the same for you? Oh yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Basically, because the giant didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's even one of them, isn't it? Barnet. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be Jarrett again. That's an absolute fucking atrocity. Jarrett, not not Hugh Morris. No, because we've seen we've seen Hugh Morris before, and there's always been there's always been worse haircuts on the show than him. It's fucking yeah, dreadful. True. Hugh Morris is, but Jarrett's feathered, layered, sort of gay old plat nightmare that he's got on his head. <laughs> fucking Sally, fucking Webster job. It's just fucking horrendous. Yeah, it's really bad, isn't it? It's really bad. <laughs> it's really fucking bad. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of another Nitro. It certainly does. Uh, next week is the 21st of October, the Go Home Show. We were saying before that it's been like six Nitros between Fall Brawl and Halloween Habit, which is long a lot build. more than we thought there'd be. Yeah, it's a long build. So next week is the Go Home Show. Fingers crossed the, uh, they know how to... Let it go simmer home. and get you prepared. <laughs> well, exactly. Go home, yeah. Don't give Hogan a live mic. You yeah, know, please. the usual usual stuff. However, we don't want to give you that. We don't <laughs> want to end, the, end there. <laughs> now, I was contemplating this week whether or not to to continue this. Simply because Mr. Cornette has essentially robbed our gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done, he's done two full fucking shows, pretty much. Doing essentially what we're doing <laughs> with this, we did, but we did it first. We did do it first, guys. We are we are not thieves. Cornet's obviously heard us. We've had <laughs> we've had the uh, we've had feelers sent out from Arcadian Vanguard. <laughs> we, we we said no, we're not going to take your money. <laughs> we 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 want to ride this till the train falls off. <laughs> no, we want to ride this train till the wheel falls off. Wheels, <laughs> I can't. Do you, do you know what I mean? Cornet is rocked me. I'm talking gibberish. Tip of the tongue, but I can't deliver it. So, it's everything that you want it to be and more. It's the game show that literally not one single person, apart from Brian Last and Jim Cornette, are talking about. It's eight out of ten cunts. You know the drill. I'll give uh, Marcos Alonso away. Ten names. He needs to tell me whether he would hire them or fire them. And if you can get more than two... We prove old Kenneth Omega wrong. <laughs> the first up, a man with an obscene haircut who would win Barnet of the night any day of the week, Lance Archer. Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, he's, he's a he's no for me, I'm afraid. 
he's a no for Next me. Next one is what? Sorry, he's just pointless for me. I just don't think I don't see any point to have him on the show. I agree. Next one's a guy I'm not too familiar with. He's got an absolute bland as fuck name, Lee Johnson. Uh, he is one of the geezers that was that was knocking about with Cody. Nah, he, he's just a job guy, so no. Okay, another one I'm not really too familiar with. <laughs> Lee Moriarty. Uh, I've not seen enough of him. Not seen enough of him, really. Probably have to say no, because I just don't, I don't want to give him any credence. If, do you know what I mean? I don't want to give him any credit, because I don't know enough about him, really. Fair enough. Luchasaurus. He's terrible. He is turd, isn't he? He's really bad. He's going to have to be a no, I'm afraid. And even though the stuff with Christian's been all right, the fucking mask, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not to be a no, I'm afraid. This isn't looking good for the Proving Omega wrong. <laughs> Next one, Luther. <laughs> oh, God. He's absolutely awful, isn't he? He's Jericho's mate, so yeah, he's going to have to go. He's terrible. He's about, what is he, like 50 or that he can barely walk? He's terrible. Something like that, yeah. I'll go. Right, next up on the chopping block, <laughs> Malachi Black. See, I like Mal- I like Alistair Black. I like Tommy N better. I, I like I like the I like I think he's a talented guy. I think so too. Even some absolute weird stuff. I think I think he's a weird guy. I think he's into some weird stuff as well. I think he's probably you yeah. know had, had a bit of a hand in that stuff. But I think given given the right stuff, like like uh, back in NXT, and obviously you. were bit of a fan of him on the indies and stuff like that. I think he's a good, talented guy, so he's definitely a yes for me. Okay, that's one. <laughs> Next up, Mark Quinn. Yeah, he's good. Because uh, I, I get I put I, Isaiah Cassidy in my roster, so I've got to have his tag partner. So, yeah. Go sure, yeah. yeah, definitely. Matt Hardy. No. <laughs> he's a prick. Moving on. <laughs> as much of a shoeing as you could possibly have, EVP suspended, inactive. Matt Jackson. <laughs> no, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. You couldn't. Although we'll be, he'll be back soon. He'll be back very soon. I would yeah, imagine. Uh, yeah, me too. And last but not least is our favourite boss, Matt Menard. <laughs> you fucking hate him as well. This has not been a good week, Liz. (laughs) He's not going in and he might hate him. He's big fat head. It's like like we used to say, the fucking henchman promo. And L-Mob, yeah. Hey, boys. (laughs) I think that was only two, was it? Out of ten. Is that the first week he's been right? It is the first week. Seven seven weeks in, 70 people in. (laughs) He's, he's right. Uh, that feels and quite. Do you know wrong. what? It does. It does feel wrong. Are you sure but, you don't fancy uh, putting? I, boss I, might, in? I might put Luther on the on the <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I can't. I can't give credit to any of them. They, that's the worst no, one by some distance. That is that. the worst one. Let's have a look at next week. I'd imagine you think, yours was two I as think, well. Wasn't it? Oh, fucking hell! Next week seems a bit better. Yeah, two, two. Was it the same two? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's <laughs> slim pickings. It was proper slim pickings. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's your lot for today. Kenny Omega's wrong. We're going to quit doing this now because 
No, he's not. He was right. Right, yeah, yeah, Kenny Omega was right. So I think the podcast is going to end forever now. <laughs> we can't, we can't, we can't have that. We can't have that. <laughs> so what we're going to do, just to treat you, it's going to be for sixteen out of twenty cunts today. <laughs> Matt, Matt Seidel. <laughs> um, no, Matt Saban. I don't know who that is, so no. I'd say yes to him because he's good. Right. Max Caster. Yes, 100%. Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> <laughs> what, na- what What does Cornette call him? Naka Naka the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah. No chance. He's fucking wasted time. <laughs> Mike Bennett. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, he's talented, to be fair. Miro. I love Miro. I know you're not a massive fan, but I I I like him. His no, I like him. In, I like him better in AEW. His booking's been atrocious. Recently, Apart from yeah. his very very recent run as uh, the Redeemer, which was Redeemer. one of the best things yeah. on the show. MJF, yeah, obviously. that's about as big of a shoe in as you can get. Nick Comorato, nah, another just another just not bland big guy, basically. Nick Jackson. Fuck off. It's <laughs> fair enough. And uh, last one for this week, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> oh, God, that's the worst ever. No, he's awful. Awful. Right, so, Kenny, you're wrong, because Mark got four and I got five. So, <laughs> grand total, I got seven out of 20. <laughs> and Mark got six out of 20. So, I'd have... Taven, you Caster, pick more than me. Well, this is it. I'd have Taven, Caster, Bennett, Miro, MJF, five. Yeah, fair enough. So we did want to give you something to go home happy with because <laughs> we can't, we can't have, have, we can't have that. We can't have that fucking being right. It's just, it's just not nice, is it? Upsetting, <laughs> upsetting. We don't want you crying, guys. We want you to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as always, you know where to find us at Adjective Pod. Any retweets, likes, any interaction, feel free, DM us, questions, anything like that. More than happy to answer it, even if it's like a week or two late because we can't think of it off the top of our heads. <laughs> uh, nice five star review on Spotify will do us nicely. Thank you very much. If you'd be yeah. so kind. Next yeah. week is the 21st of October 1996. The go home show to Halloween Havoc. Hopefully, they will make us <laughs> excited, splurge excitement and joy across across the audio waves here because the last few go home shows have been a bit pony. So yeah. hopefully, you'll stick with us. You'll take this trip with us. Sixteen out of twenty cunts will not be on next week. It'll just be back <laughs> eight out of ten. Promise you. Promise you. <laughs> Or maybe not. We don't know. I haven't had a look yet. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think this is going to end soon because yeah, Carnet's done it to a much larger audience. <laughs> so right, is there any further business, Marcos? No, nothing else to report. Well, on that note, I'll say Dicky Slater. See you later. The preceding podcast gimmick that was paid for by Look at the Adjective.